Here I am in uh, Castro Valley, probably the furthest I've ever been from the ocean to, to do an off-the-lip radio show. But it's worth the trip because uh, this gentleman in front of us here came on the show about three or four years ago in Santa Cruz when I was at the station, radio station. And I found this to be truly fascinating part of surfing and actually just climate and weather itself. So this gentleman right here is Mark Sponsler with Storm Surf. And I want to thank him for inviting me to his home and uh, going to tell us all what's going on, all, all the new technology, all what's happening and, and what's happening this winter. We're now in, what is it, October? Yeah. Winter's coming up, so we're going to find out what's happening and uh, maybe you can fill us in. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Yes, good thanks. to see you. Yes, good to see you too. So uh, I think I'll start off with like, tech, since you were last on the show, has technology changed a lot? Not a whole lot. No. I mean, computers are computers. Right. Memory keeps getting cheaper. The the National Weather Service is upgrading their computers so they can get build higher resolution models and that sort of thing. But it's still the base, basically the same technology, just higher fidelity. And I got a hold of you before because you do the you do the surf call cost not just for Mavericks but for many big wave surf spots, correct? Exactly. Yes. And, and I, what I found fascinating was you actually had it pinpointed where you can tell when the swell is hitting, like say, let's say Mavericks, for example, within a, within a half an hour or even. Exactly. Right? You can actually, you, you but they call, you're the one that calls, it's going to say that this, there's now a chance for a contest or. Yeah, I work with uh, Jeff and the co contest organizers, whoever's running it, to try to dial it in. Try to, it's the combination of swell, wind, tide, weather, got to be during daylight hours so i mean there's multiple variables that all intersect and you got to get them all converging at the same spot at the same time right. to be able to run a contest so what do you what do you, i got you know you got the screen back here yeah what do you look for uh what do you look what are you looking for let's say how, how far do you go out how far distance wise do you go out well, so... I mean, to Japan and that... Yeah, exactly. So there's Half Moon Bay. I don't know if you can see that, but I can zoom the whole way out to, like, forever, <laughs> the other side of the planet. Yeah. And typically, you know, we're looking for something up in the Gulf of Alaska. Okay. And the North Dateline region. I don't know if you can see this, but, I mean, it's two to 3,000 miles away. Yeah. I hope you're about ready to hit I got, I got it, yeah. Perfect. There we yeah. go. Yeah. That's, that's really so, good. So... So we're looking, you know, there's the, there's the west coast of the United States, and we're out. Here's the Aleutian Islands. We're looking out in this region. It's like the Bering Sea almost, right? Yeah, but, but south of the Bering Sea, okay. if you're up in the Bering Sea, you're not going to get anything. The islands here block it. So it's, you know, you can pretty much draw a box in the ocean out here where the storm has to be and how strong the seas have to be to be able to make a swell for. Magnets. What do you see on your screen that ha that that made it? You're like, uh-oh, we have something brewing here. Well, th so this is just Google Earth, basically. Right. You know, but then I got other things we can look at if you really want to go there. Absolutely. Okay. I assume you're going to edit this or something. I don't edit anything. Oh, it's raw. It's okay. raw as can be. Okay. And that's just the way it is. And I, I will... So I look at I go look at the wave models here and here we go, uh, and I'll blow that up. All right, so this is projected sea heights over the North Pacific Ocean for the next week, and actually your timing couldn't have been any better. We're actually 
first little gale right there, 21 foot seas. Then there's this other gale forecast to blow up in about a week from now with 40 foot seas aimed right at the U.S. West Coast. So theoretically, fall is starting like in the next week. Right. And right. what is for, it? For, for, for surfing. For a surfing perspective, right. right. Weather-wise, probably no change right. Right. You know, locally. But the point being that we have had, it's what, the middle of October? Yeah. Typically, we see fall surf starting in like the middle of August. Yeah. You know, we'll get our first little swell, and by September, we're in business. And here it is, mid-October, and we're just now maybe going to get the first fall swell. From the north, though, correct? Yes, from the been, north. I know south, we've had some couple of good south swells that have arrived in Santa Cruz in the last few months. Right, yeah, but this is, you know, this is the transition. So yeah. summertime is southern hemi-surf, right? right? New right, Zealand right. and all that. And now when we, fall surf typically comes from the Northern Hemisphere and, you, and we haven't had anything. Nothing. Nothing. And right. this is the first of it now just starting to wake up. Okay, so this is this. what's happening on the screen right here is it's the beginning of something cooking. Yes, right? exactly. You get a storm out here, it generates wind, which produces seas. And these seas right here, so this is 102 hours out from now. Those seas are 42 feet. 42 foot in height in height right. well they they theoretically will be 42 feet okay 102 hours from now <laughs> <laughs> right so right. do you believe a model you know yeah, that right. goes four or five days into the future it's probably not too bad right and it's been consistently on the models here for a couple of days now so i'd say the odds of something happening are pretty probably yeah. pretty are you usually legit. right with your forecast or is it usually pretty correct I try to be. I try to be right. real conservative, and I, you know, you could look at this and go, you know, some sites that go, oh my gosh, it's going to be, you know, twenty foot Hawaiian a week right. from now, and everyone, everyone's hair on fire, and right. I'm like, yeah, right, sure, <laughs> I'll believe it. So, see, this is a hundred and two hours. Yeah, how many? How far do you believe it? How far out do you believe it? Well, if you're really hardcore, whoops, zero hours. That's what's happening right now, and that's only what you should believe because yeah, all the rest of it is just made up hooey by a computer, right right? right? right, right. You know, and you can go out maybe two or three days and you go, yeah, that's pretty good. But once you start getting like five and six days out, it starts getting, you know, maybe it's believable, yeah. but the models go out two weeks. Right. And if you go out and watch two weeks, almost nothing that's forecast two right. weeks out ever actually develops you focus on mavericks or are you focusing are you are you focusing also on other spots i focus anywhere that somebody tells me to focus <laughs> and they're willing to throw a little money my way <laughs> you know so so i do so stuff. this is a paid gig is this a paid this is a yeah this, gig is a, this is a pay it's, it's a paid gig yeah. i do forecast for so there's film crews and there's documentary projects going on and right. there, there's there's groups all over the planet you know doing stories yeah. about whomever, wherever, chasing some big wave. Yeah. And I'm pretty much um, available to help those projects and try to dial in the forecast. Are you, you, know, fo are you also focused on climate change at this point or no? Um, I, I personally yeah. am, but I mean, there's no like, you know, official climate right, change right. forecast or anything like Do you, that. Have you seen changes in the, in the, with, the, with the ocean in the last few last few years? Well, for sure. So, so NOAA for sure has, so I try to focus on hard data, not made up in what ifs yeah, and maybes. Right. And NOAA, you know, has been monitoring the, the temperatures in the ocean for, yeah. for decades upon decades. And they 
literally have a set of data they use to, de to decide what is normal because deviations from normal are what define El Nino and La Nina. Yeah. And what they're finding is the temperature of the ocean surface, especially down on the equator, is steadily getting warmer over the decades and they have to keep changing their baseline of what is considered normal. They have to keep raising it and say the new normal is this. And I mean, we're not talking a lot, we're talking a couple of tenths of a degree, right. but yeah. a couple of tenths of Makes a degree a is the difference between uh, a neutral year and an El Nino year. Right. So what now is, you know, normal would have been considered El Nino 30 El Nino years means ago. What? El, for those who don't know, yeah. El Nino means what? Okay, so there's two different major weather cycles that affect global weather uh, you know, around the planet. It's La Nina and El Nino. Why do they use the Spanish names, I wonder? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, because it really, in the end, it affects the water temperatures off of Ecuador yeah. and Peru, which yeah. is Spanish. So yeah. so El Nino is the it, the little baby boy, right? Okay, and it's for, because it happens at Christmas, typically, is when it, it manifests. And temperatures during El Nino get a lot warmer than normal off of Ecuador and Peru, okay. and during La Nina, it does the opposite. It gets a lot colder than normal. Right, right. Okay, and you go, well, how does that affect anything? Yeah. Well, we're talking only a half degree or something. Yeah. But when water temperatures are warmer across the equator, what, and especially over in the East Pacific, that creates more evaporation, right? Yeah. And when you get evaporation, you get lifting air and lifting moisture up into the atmosphere, and that gets caught by the jet stream. That changes the jet stream pattern. It pushes it down into like California and the and, and further down the U.S. West Coast. We get a lot of rain into California okay. and big snows and all that. Yeah. The flip side of that is when water temperatures get colder off of Ecuador, okay, that doesn't support evaporation. You get high pressure building up over there. And all of a sudden, the jet stream basically just veers way north up through the Bering Sea in the yeah. Pacific, and you end up with no, no rain, no nothing, California. What? And like we're in right now, this yeah. massive drought, right? Right. Is, it, is there a four, do you have a forecast for, uh, for this winter, do you think? Yeah, for you, sure. What's it going to be like, do you think? So, so what it appears is happening, and this is kind of like breaking news, yeah. is in the next week or two, La Nina, we think, is going to start completely dissipating. Which means? Which means uh, for water for California this yeah. winter, maybe starting late January, early February, all okay. of a sudden the rains will start showing up and the snow will start building up which in the is mountains. Late, which is late for California. Right? Well, no. you know, it's been, so you talk about the global warming yeah. thing and all and change and all that. I've been noticing over the past two decades that used to be there'd be snow in the mountains at Christmas. Because you're, you're, you're an avid snow person. Yes, right? exactly. So we'd be skiing at Thanksgiving. I know. You know? Or at least around Christmas time, yeah. and lately it's been bare rock. Right. Up, you know, you go up into the Sierra, and the snow season doesn't really start to like the first week in January yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. So that probably will still be the case this year, but at least as we get deeper into winter, things should wake up, and maybe we'll come out with a normal amount of precipitation That'd for be the nice. year. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really good. Yeah. Um, look, looking at this right here, what what. I'm just gonna pinpoint maybe one event. What event has has excited you so much? That you're like you actually want to get out of your chair and go get, get in your car and drive to see go go to Mass. I mean, what what year was it that maybe that has oh produced yeah. something produced something just out of this world? In 1997, right 
in September 20th, I think it was, of 1997, there was a tropical system. Here's Japan right yeah, here. Yeah. That blew up here, got caught by the jet stream, went turned and went over the dateline. I don't know if you can see it right there. Okay. Yeah. And then it absolutely exploded. 50-foot seas in September on the dateline made this huge swell. I mean, you know, and we this was back in the Stone Age, comparatively, <laughs> compared to now. Right. And we knew a swell was coming, but we weren't sure how big it was. And there was, like, not a breath of wind. There hadn't even been a little ripple breaking out there. And next thing you know, it was 20-foot Hawaiian and just kegging massive surf. And it held for four days. Yeah. When that when you see that and that happens, who's the first person you call? Jeff Clark. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I was gonna go. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. and and we him and I were talking a lot back in those days, yeah. you know. I was just trying to sort of fit because I hadn't been here that long. I was yeah. just trying to figure things out. And Jeff, you know, he'd been here forever. Right, so right. any help he could get was a good thing. Did you want his trust? I think so. I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how, how uh, when you see this, something once a storm system heads towards Mavericks, how how soon can you make an, a a call of when it's going to arrive, what time it's going to arrive, what day it's going to arrive, what what week it may arrive? Can you you can pinpoint it to so so literally so right before you showed up, yeah. I was looking at this model, I yeah. was picking data off it, and I was doing my calculations to determine when the swell would arrive. Okay, even though it's a forecast out 108 hours. So the so theoretically, as soon as that something shows up in the models, you can start crunching the numbers and figuring out when the swell will arrive. Will, will something like that change course at all? And just Yes, yeah, it, it will. It will. That, so you can you can come up with all numbers you want, but it, it doesn't just, mean anything. If it if decides to tack to the right. right. So what you do is it's you have to go it's only once the storm actually forms. So Right now, let's go back to zero, zero hour hindcast. That's today, yeah. right now. So this shows there's 21 foot seas out on, well, here's the date line and there's the Aleutians. Right. 21 foot seas. So I can take that and say, yes, I know that a swell will be generated by that. And that, that's the, the baseline set of information I'll use okay. to determine what's coming and what I know I can hang my hat on. Right, right. Do you, uh, uh, what other areas, you, what, pick, can, can you just go to a different different uh, big wave spot, like in Hawaii or, or out in, in Same Port deal, so out Hawaii. In Port, out in Portugal, oh, it's right there. Yeah, Hawaii's right there, but, yeah, yeah how about the, uh, let's do this, North, how about the Atlantic? Let me ask you a question about Nazar, right? Yeah. That seems to have been, that seems to have become like this big, big wave spot. Only in the last five years has it been put on the radar, on the map, no, no pun intended, but it just seems to have arisen as a big wave spot that I didn't, we didn't talk, it didn't seem like, you know, It didn't really exist. So, so there... How come it just all of a sudden showed up out of the blue, like, you know, like five years ago? So rather than me telling you all that, yeah. there is a show called The Hundred Foot Wave. Yeah. Okay, featuring Garrett McNamara. And they go, it's a, it's, I think it's on HBO. Yeah. And it's a five or six part series. And you can, it tells the whole story of how that place okay. came to be and some amazing footage from there. Yeah. Giant 
from the water angle, shots of the waves. What did you, what did you first learn about that spot? Did you oh, about that? like everybody really? else, you did know. You go, oh my god. Yeah, what is this? You know, and <laughs> yeah. at first the first pictures you go, ah, oh, it just looks like a giant mush burger. It's yeah. not a real wave. But then then you start getting more into it and you realize no, I mean it's a freak of nature for sure. Yeah. And it's it's a really, really big wave, but honestly, this is my two cents worth. It's more of a toe-in wave than a paddling wave. You yeah. can try paddling in, yeah. but when it gets really big, there's no way you can paddle. The only way yeah. you can ride yeah. it is to toe yeah. in. You're an avid surfer. Yes. Which wave would you not want to surf? Which wave? Yeah, I'm not going. No. I'm not going to Nazare. Okay. I'm not going to Chopu. Okay. You know, I mean, it's just too shallow, too heavy. Right. Um, um, Puerto Escondido, maybe, but, you know, I... I in my advanced old age now, I kind of like yeah. a channel. I mean, I'll, I'll go, I'd like to go, I'd like to at least paddle out at Jaws, you know, yeah. and I haven't been there. I've surfed Waimea. Waimea is good. Yeah. It's fun. There's yeah. a bunch of other breaks over there. But Chopu, no. Nazare, no. <laughs> the, 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 whole, the whole Maverick, the, Ma the wave of Maverick, it seems to be like it's got so many people involved over the last 20 years. It just seems like it's almost where Mother Nature is trying to kick everybody out. I think now Mother Nature's getting the, finally getting the, Mother Nature's getting their due and getting the weight back. With yes. A contest or people trying to make money out of it. It just seems to have this mother. It seems to be to, to me, jinxed almost. Where yes, everybody that got involved was and Mother Nature's no, and they're doomed for failure. And I think now Jeff's got that. Now Jeff's got that. Maybe Jeff and his and his crew have got that wave back to just being a wave. Yeah. The, well, what they've done. I mean, to do a contest you know where everybody shows up on a day that was your con that was your deal you 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 had to you made the call and every surfer around the world had 48 hours to get there right it was a, it was the, a yeah logistically it's a night and then what about all the guys with the cameras and the film right. and all, i right. mean it was hundreds of thousands of dollars to make that that right. happen and based upon your call well, it wasn't just me. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I gave weather data to the, the money people that then, you know, right. gave the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Yeah. Was that stressful? It must have been a little... Oh, oh stressful very stressful. For yeah, for everybody involved. Right. I mean, because you're putting a lot of money... Basically, you're taking a million bucks and putting it on a roulette wheel, and you're saying... <laughs> and not just red or black, but you're picking one number right. and saying, yeah. okay, let's go, yeah. right? And yeah. then you the get... Odds were, the odds weren't very good yeah yeah well, and i think i think that's the problem with a lot of the big wave contest is logistically it's yeah. just hard to you know do the okay you we have a three-month window and any one day in three months yeah. might be yeah. the magic day kind right. of thing what you have right now is atlantic right uh yes that's my hometown over there i can see that oh right, right, right here, up, you know, there you Southampton, go. england yeah right and then that's so nazare is right there and what's heading what's what's going on over there so right now, so let's go back. We're, 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 let's go back to today. And I'm taking this back to zero-hour hindcast. Right now, not a whole lot. Some 20-foot right. seas off of Greenland and Iceland. Looking forward to, oh, well, look at that. In 12 hours, actually later today, it's supposed to have 26, 27-foot seas poised well for England and actually maybe a little bit of pulse for Nazare. Yeah. You can see that. You can literally see the front of the swell yeah. plowing right in uh, this weekend. So you want to, you know, you want to be in Ireland or or uh, east coast, or west coast of France, maybe. Yeah, exactly. 
And then looking further out, well, look at that. The low just looks like it's going to continue to circulate out there on yeah. Tuesday. It went, whoa, look at that. Yeah. So, you know, it looks like not only is the Pacific going to wake up, but it looks like the Atlantic's going to try as well. Wow, that's incredible how you can do that. Yeah. And let, let me, for, the, for, the, for the audience watching, what creates big waves? Oh yeah, uh, big wave 101. Yeah, you need you need a storm out over the ocean yeah. generating significant winds over a broad area. So not like a hurricane. A hurricane has strong winds, right. but they're just over a very concentrated area. Right. You need a winter storm that has that's 3,000 3, miles wide. Yeah, well, at least 1,000 okay, miles okay. of fetch okay. of winds aimed at your and beach. fetch means? It's the of winds at 35 knots or greater blowing in a single direction yeah. aimed at your beach for at least 24 hours. Okay. okay, and what happens is the wind starts blowing on the ocean surface. It gets traction on the ocean surface. It makes little ripples. And then as more wind starts catching more water and pushing it into those ripples, the ripples get bigger and bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, you have the perfect storm. Right. Right. But you don't want to try to surf those waves in the perfect storm. Most people think, oh, when it's all windy out, that's good surfing weather. Yeah. No. no. You want the storm to be literally a thousand miles away from your beach. Yeah. Okay. And it's like taking a concrete block and dumping it into a, a swimming pool. Yeah. The, the ripples radiate away, out away from where the, the block yeah. impacts. So the wind is like our concrete block, right? Right. So the wind makes the waves, but you don't want the wind. You don't. You don't want the wind at where you're going to be taken off in a surfboard. Exactly. Right. You want it to be dead calm. Right. No right. wind at all. That's like, especially for big waves. How rare is that? To, how, how rare is that to operate? So you, you, <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're forecasting the the seas, but you're also forecasting the wind. Right. So the first part is you look for the seas, right? Because yeah. you can't you can't surf if there's no swell, right? right, no, right. So you got to have a source to produce your swell. But then there's a whole other series of models. I guess we can go actually look at one, and I'll just do one for I'll just do one for Northern California because it's it's right here. Then there's local wind models. So there's Half Moon Bay, and this this is the forecast for local winds for the next three days, right? Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Okay. And then there's, well, what's the tide going to do, right? Yeah. Is yeah. it higher, low tide and some spots react differently? And then swell angle, of course, you know, which, which direction is the swell coming from south or north or even like two or three degrees difference at, at Mavericks makes a huge difference. Same thing for Nazare, right. right? So all these spots have their own little peculiarity peculiarities about what swell direction, what swell period, too long a period, too much energy in the swell is a bad thing, but not enough and it won't even what's break. What's the perfect storm for, Ma what's the perfect storm, uh, no pun intended, for Mavericks? Uh, swell, storm-wise or swell? Both. Okay, for, for Mavericks I'd want a storm with 50 knot winds, 2,000 nautical miles away from the coast, out on about the 285 degree grade circle path, okay? And near shore, I want no wind. I want a medium tide going towards high. And it has to, of course, the swell has to hit during daylight right. hours. I think we talked we, we talk, we talk before, you can, you can forecast, the, you forecast the surf, but you can give yourself a little bit of room so yourself can get. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, a little cup, wiggle room. A couple of waves without without too many people being out. There. Well, yeah. So so you I mean, you, you tell the you tell the public, okay, it's gonna hit at two o'clock on Wednesday, but yeah. you know it's really gonna hit at twelve. So you get two hours to for yourself and your buddies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty naughty right there. Oh yeah. Well, you know. Huh? Yeah. You. I mean. You sit in a in a dark room all day long for right. days on end, looking right. through all this stuff. There, yeah. There's got to be some reward. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, is is there uh, what is there a favorite wave that you have that you you enjoy forecasting? Is there is Mavericks the one for you? Matt from Mavericks for me, or yeah. in the summer, Santa Cruz is yeah. great. You yeah. know, and oh, we could do that. Let's let's go look. Just yeah, what am I surf? What am I surfing tomorrow morning? Oh, tomorrow maybe not so much. So okay, yeah. so Santa Cruz or and you know anywhere of the south-facing breaks. So now we're looking at Australia, yeah. New Zealand, yeah. Antarctica, the Ross Ice Shelf here. So and I'm going to go back in time, and it, so today there is a gale developing southeast yeah. of New Zealand, yeah. with 31-foot seas pushing off to the northeast into Saturday with like 33 foot seas and fading, there will be a swell generated from that. Okay. Now that is 5,000 nautical miles Away. south of California. Right. But swell from this, remember we used the, the, the concrete block dropping yeah. in the ocean? Yeah, 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 Here's yeah. your concrete block. There's gonna be ripples coming out from this. And they are gonna make it the whole way to California a week from now. Oh, wow. So you I can like dial the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, I guess I can't go to work, uh, you know, on Tuesday, yeah. the whatever. And, and let me ask you this question. I think you gave me the answer before, but I think it's important for people to know. The south swell has intervals. Yes. And then you got, you got, you got, like, you know, the six waves, and you got, and you got to wait 20 minutes, another six, 20 minutes. How, why is that happen? Why is that like that? Yeah, why does that happen? Yeah. So, so what? It doesn't happen on a, no a swell from the north. It, just, it, it does, but it's does. but it but it's not. You know, the sets are a lot closer yeah. stacked together. But it has to do with that five thousand nautical mile journey right. to the north. What happens is waves of equal period of equal energy will group together, and the more energetic waves move faster. So on this swell here, the first bit of energy you're going to see coming into California will probably be like 18 or 19 second period and you'll be sitting there and they'll it'll be perfectly calm and then all of a sudden out of nowhere four or five waves will show up and start hitting at Santa Cruz and they'll be like 18 or 19 second period then there'll be nothing for half an hour can you explain that the 18 second the, the top that what's called the 18 second period or night the second yeah. period. Can you explain that for the layman person maybe watching? Yeah, yeah, good point or good question. So waves, depending on how much, uh, oh, a period is the time between successive crests of a wave. A, so if you have a fixed point in the ocean and a wave goes past it, yeah. okay, you start your clock as soon as the wave peaks at that point, and then the next wave comes, and that interval between crests of the waves is known as the period. You want longer period or shorter period? Yeah, so, so short period, yeah. like six second and yeah. five second, that's like chop. Yeah, okay. It's like wind chop, you yeah. know. Like you wouldn't want to be out like there on the coast, a, the coast of Brighton. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, exactly. The English Channel is just chop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then the longer the period, that means the more energy there is in the waves. And so you, 
you'll get, you know, like an eight to si uh, 16, 18, 20, even up to 25 second interval between waves. Those are much more powerful waves. And when they break, they can be a lot more dangerous. You talk, you can add sneaker waves and sneaker sets yeah. and people drowning at the beach. Typically, it's not from high energy, short period waves. It's you're sitting there, the ocean's perfectly calm, and then out of nowhere, here yeah. comes this wave. And what they typically are is long period waves from way far away, sneaking up, you know, when you'd otherwise go, hey, it's perfectly calm, it's yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah, interesting, very interesting. Uh, do, do some of the big wave surfers call you? Yeah, all yeah. the time. Who's, okay, who calls you the most? <laughs> Who's top of the chart? Who calls you like, Jeff? Well, I mean, the top of the chart are, are guys that are, yeah. are big wave surfers, but they don't, you know, they're not known. They're, yeah. they're my buddies, yeah, the yeah, local we'll guys I surf with. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's a whole group of, you know, you, you name pretty much anybody, yeah. and they, yeah. they have my number. I mean, I typically don't advertise yeah, that sort right. of stuff, and I don't name names, yeah. but there's a lot of guys that are on the pro tour or, you know, they call, they want to know what's going on, yeah. and... and I'm happy to help. It's fascinating you, where you live. I mean, I'm going to tell people where you live, but like where we're, we're at is probably about 40 miles from the ocean, 50? Yeah, right? it's 36 right? miles. And you got, you, here I am in this, this house, and you know, 30. In, in the middle of suburbia. In the middle of suburbia. And right. It's like, it's like, what's going on here? <laughs> How can this be? Yeah, but, you know. It, it was a compromise when I moved into the area, you know, yeah. it's like housing affordability yeah. and yeah, schools. We had right. a daughter and yeah. all that. Yeah. And so this kind of was the spot. But I moved from Florida. Yeah. I, in Florida, I lived right, you know, a block from the beach. I could surf any time I wanted. Yeah. But every time I wanted to go surf, yeah, it's knee to thigh high and it's yeah. spineless. Or I could pick this spot. Yeah, I got to drive a little but When I go, it's pumping. I had a friend of mine, uh, his name is Pete Madden. I mean, he's going to watch the show because he loves the show. But he's a, he's hey, a Pete. Great, he's a great lake surfer. <laughs> oh, okay. Right? And then the other day, he was like, he texted me, check this out, Neil, tornado warning. You know, he's, 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 I'm in the basement of my house, tornado <laughs> warning. Wow. Which is generating, he goes, but once it's gone, it's generating surf. Right. In the great lake. Yeah, because so, there's a front gonna, or something goes, coming across the lake. It's going to be going off, right? I'm like, God. Then he showed me a picture of a, it was a tornado warning, and then there was a debris warning. A debris warning. Yeah. <laughs> right, <where>? Flying <laughs> roofs. <laughs> garbage cans coming at you, you know. Yeah, at 80 miles an hour. In the middle of the, yeah. Yep. So, i never seen it before, debris warnings. That's pretty interesting. That's but. it. I got to give credit to those guys up in the Great Lakes. They're super hardy, super stoked. I, I wrote an article in Santa Cruz Waves magazine one time. I'm going, you know what? I forgot what I called it, what the title was, but... These guys, you know, forget Mavericks and all these big wave surfers. These guys, what they go to, what they go through to surf is right. like it, it's unbelievable. They have true soul, true love of surfing. Salt, it's you know, it's not salt water, so it's not buoyant. Right. So you're getting slammed and you're getting held down. You're not coming back up, right? You've got to avoid the icebergs. Yep. Right. You got to drive around the day freezing ass cold. Right, and, and the forecasts are probably notoriously unreliable because yeah. you're talking about some little gust of wind over a body of water that's all of, what, 300 miles long or right, something? Right, right, right. Right, so super fickle, and you have to drop everything right, right I mean, when it happens. Exactly. Because if you're there two hours later, you blew it. it. <laughs> and it's minus something or other. Right. It's freaking cold. Yeah. 
Anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I called those guys the true... Uh, the, uh, the heart true, of surfing. The true grit. Yes. Absolutely. Surfing. They take the cake. Right. You know? I would say maybe the guys from New Jersey, but no, the guys yeah. from, from, yeah. from uh, yeah. uh, the Great Lakes yeah. take the cake. And I, my, I've surfed in New Jersey because my brother lives in New Jersey. I surfed Manasquan at the, at the. Yeah, and there's the, good waves there. There's good waves there, but they, they rely on they, they rely on, on hurricanes and that, you know that, when you see a hurricane come by, it just wakes every every surfer up on that coast. Exactly, and you can actually see it coming for a couple of days in advance or but even a week. But that's different though. They don't have, not, the long periods well don't. Have, is that different because of the, the hurricane? Well, exactly. So hurricanes, I mean, a big hurricane is maybe has a rate, you know, of, of decent size of winds coming out from the center. It goes out maybe 250 miles if you're lucky. And yeah. oftentimes it's more like 100 or 120. Whereas the storms we were talking about earlier for the North Pacific, it's a thousand nautical miles right. of wind all blowing in the same direction. Right, so right. there's... So that back to the uh, um, analogy of you're dropping a, like a pebble in a pond and watching the the, the, right. the waves radiate out from it. The a hurricane is like a small pebble. Right. The North Pacific, but if you throw it really hard yeah. into the water, you can get a pretty decent sized ripple out right, of it. Right. Whereas the North Pacific storm, or maybe the storms that are hitting Nazare, is you're <laughs> dropping boulders into the into the pool. Right. Right. Well, you have a fascinating job. Fascinating job. I and feel very never, fortunate. Never, never, it's never the same. It's always a different picture, isn't it? It's every day. Every so day pretty day. much at least two, if not three times a day. The models update four times a day. Yeah. So I sleep through one of them. <laughs> but, but the other three times, pretty much I'm checking, to make, especially if there's a storm that I'm, you know, that I'm interested in. Right. Then I'll, I'll watch every run of the model, yeah. pull so data off of it. There's a storm coming. You're not... You're not you know, nine o'clock's bedtime, right? Right. Are you are you, are you are you staying up through the night because I gotta watch this thing? No, no. I mean, I, I used mean, I used to do normal, that. Right? Yeah, no. So I've got I can actually capture all the imagery of even while I'm sleeping. Yeah. I've got it all yeah. rat holed off, so yeah. I can know what happens. So you've got stormsurf.com. Yep. You you have your own YouTube channel. Yep. Right? And What's it's stormsurf zero zero one. Stormsurf zero zero one. And, uh, we do I do uh, weekly forecasts okay. typically on Sunday night and they're they're focused on short term but there's also a lot of discussion about the El Nino La Nina thing okay. what's going on that that sort of deal. So you need so people watching you can subscribe to that channel. Yes, you can. It's free. You just push free a couple of ads. That's couple it. Of ads, no big deal, and you get to see this great guy right here. And uh, I want to thank you, Mark, for coming coming on the show. Thank did you we, so did, much. Did we miss anything? I think we covered it all then, so. I appreciate it. All righty, thank you. Yeah, I know. I called him, I texted him this morning, go, hey, I'm close by, can I come by? And all many people said, no, 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 Mark said, come on by. So, yeah, uh, I'm I here. I want to appreciate I'm it. I'm here Once to serve. StormSurf.com, and the, uh, the YouTube channel is StormSurf001. Okay, give it, a give it a subscription. Thank you very much. And stay tuned for another radio show back with TC next Tuesday. Uh, see you then. Thanks for watching. Okay, How's that? here I am. In